Welcome to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I'm your host, David Shore. The previous episode, I mentioned the Poor Act of 1601, its amended act in 1834, how they found a way legally to take children the government who was in charge at the time Queen Elizabeth I she eventually passed away in 1603 but the roll the ball started rolling they found ways in which to separate families they found ways in which to put the father in one house the mother in another house, and the children in apprenticeships. They didn't think of the family as a unit. I tried to explain this. It's not like suing CPS, because for some reason, it's better to sue than it is to educate. That is my whole point. That is the purpose. I stated for the covenant. In fact, the actual covenant's name, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, adopted by the General Assembly of the United Nations on 19 December 1966. I stated that 17 or more countries did not ratify this. Those countries, again, China, Japan, Thailand, Vietnam, Korea, Mexico, Canada, United Kingdom, United States, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Israel, Ireland, Ghana, Nigeria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and the Philippines. I did not mention Pakistan before. I am mentioning it now. Now look. Why in the world you would not want to fight against something like this? And why having social and political freedom... Well, the state's parties to the present covenant, considering that in accordance with the principles proclaimed in the Charter of the United Nations, recognition of the inherent dignity and of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family is the foundation of freedom, justice, and peace in the world. That Article 17, Paragraph 1, no one shall be subjected to arbitrary or unlawful interference with his privacy, family, home, or correspondence, nor to unlawful attacks on his honor and reputation. In Paragraph 2, read, everyone has the right to the protection of the law against such interference or attacks.
Look, it's is plain as day. Father's rights have been taken away. 1601, it started. 1834, it continued. Of course, it was eventually repealed. But by that time, the damage had already been done. 419 years, no one challenges it. No one looks at that law and says, why did we allow it? And why to this day, CPS continues to allow it. They take the kids under exigent circumstances, under in the best interest of the child or children. No evidence whatsoever. And if you check each family that has had children taken away, they did not make $50,000 a year. They did not wear three-piece suits or tailor-made dresses. They did not wear Gucci. They were not driving a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW. Many times they probably don't even have a new vehicle. They have to have a used vehicle. And maybe even they have to get food stamps and Medicaid and Medicare. Be in the system. And all it takes is one person to make a call. It could be something simple like the child just playing in the streets. Maybe the parent does not realize that little Tommy or little Susie is actually riding his or her little tricycle in the cul-de-sac. Not realizing that maybe they got a little farther down the sidewalk than ever before. I mean, everyone's a parent. Or everyone knows a parent. Why is it that Well, let's learn how to sue CPS. Let's show the corruption like Nancy Schaefer did. But as soon as you bring up the laws and specifically the political leaders that helped or orchestrated these laws, it's completely different because we're then so afraid of a government entity, someone that... Oh, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that if you don't back off. Nancy Schaefer found the corruption. Bill Bowen found the corruption. That was just with CPS. But I wonder if they found any political connections. How many people died? Because maybe... There was a connection to Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton. Maybe there was a connection to this politician or that politician. The Jeffrey Epstein case is a good example. Prince Andrew. He's one of the people on the list of Jeffrey Epstein and his pedophile island. We're supposed to be protecting these children. Yet, look at what's happened. Something from 1601, the Poor Law Act. Isn't it something?
something that was supposed to help the people actually tore the family apart. But it's okay, right? Because it's Queen Elizabeth. We should not disparage her memory. Parliament and her worked side by side. Remember, she was the queen in 1601. And remember, she got final say on what laws got passed and what laws do not. And back then, she could say, I want this law passed, get it passed. And she did not care. So, I learned in history, just like everyone else, about Queen Elizabeth. The Virgin Queen, they called her. You know, we don't know what else they called her. Margaret Thatcher, they called her the Iron Lady because of her demeanor, because of how she handled things diplomatically. I mean, what do we just say? It's perfectly all right to just destroy a man because he's a man? Someone who wants to take care of his children? CPS says no. That even back then, a father wanted to take responsibility? But no, the royal family had other ideas. Why is it that when it comes to CPS, it's okay to go after them? But if we go after anyone politically in connection with CPS, it was completely different. No one is above the law, or at least that's what I was told. Obviously, if you're a politician, you are above the law. Because it's much easier just to ignore it than it is to face it, fight it, go up against them. You know, The 1834 Amendment to the Poor Law Act. The separation of man and wife was necessary in order to ensure the proper regulation of workhouses. Once again, you have a man one place, a woman the other. The children are in apprenticeships. In other words, they take them out of there and put them into foster care, put them into orphanages, put them someplace because they were poor. It pisses me off. But it's okay, right? Get this. It was argued that penalizing fathers of illegitimate Illegitimate children reinforced pressures for the parents of children conceived out of wedlock to marry, and generous payments for illegitimate children indemnified the mother against failure to marry. The effect has been to promote bastardy, to make 
want of chastity on the woman's part the shortest road to obtaining either a husband or a competent maintenance and to encourage extortion and perjury. Whether or not you want to believe it, everything I'm telling you connects to CPS. Everything connects to where the destruction of the family actually started in 1601 under Queen Elizabeth I. How come Queen Elizabeth II does not acknowledge this? Answer, because if she had to acknowledge this, in my opinion, it would completely destroy the fabric of the royal family from 1601 to present. Even to this day, CPS goes in there, uses those immortal words, exigent circumstances, screw going to the courts. (coughs) (coughs) Because the courts were on, on their side. The courts will say, yes, we believe CPS. We do not believe the parents. Even though the parents are the ones that are raising the child. A poor law bestial. 1835 model design of a workhouse to hold 300 paupers. When the act was introduced, it did not legislate for a detailed poor law regime. Instead, it set up a three-man poor law commission. And at arm's length, Quango, to which Parliament delegated the power to make appropriate regulations. In other words, I don't have to read the last rest. It's clearly stating that the government had final say over your kids. If you think it's over, it's not. CPS has taken over for the Chancery and the Parliament. Our government is about as cowardly as they come when it comes to CPS. And jolly old England is still dictating, even though we have our independence. When are we going to finally stand up to the queen over there and tell her, Your Royal Highness, go fuck yourself. We are independent of you and we are no longer going to go by that 419-year-old law. It may have been repealed. But we are changing CPS in our country. And if you don't like it, take us to the world court. But our politicians are too much of a coward. And I don't care who they are. I don't know why people will not stand up with their face to face or with CPS. That's one thing. But marching in the streets, oh, we can't do that. Somebody better tell me why they won't do that. If you protest about a police shooting, which is ju- is justified for protesting for a government that you feel is totalitarian, why can't we protest against an agency that has become too powerful for its own good? It pisses me off because... It's easier to do those things than it is to go against an agency that is administrative, 
They take our kids. We yell, holler, and scream one day a year to remember Nancy Schaefer. God rest her and her husband's soul. Her document is explosive. But we have to do much more. If we march in the streets, if we protest, even if it's once a month in front of the capitals of every state and every country, we can make a difference. Why can't we do just that? Why are we so afraid that CPS is going to do something to us? We have the law on our side. They can't rewrite the law. I wasn't going to make another broadcast. This episode, I felt needed to get out. The Poor Law Commission was independent of Parliament, but conversely, since none of its members sat in Parliament, Clause 8, it had no easy way of defending itself against criticism in Parliament. In other words, if this was today, the government would say, sorry, you have to do as we say, because CPS told us. What are you going to do? Sit there. You can hear all my words. You can check all my information out. I've given you the history. I don't know what to tell you. It upsets me. Because every two to four years, when the election is around, that's the only time we really do anything. Well, I'm going to keep doing this every single day. I will find more information to give you. It's up to you what you do with it. Get a petition started. Get an online campaign going. I'll even do it. But you know something? We have got to do this for our families. We got to tell jolly old England, go fuck themselves. Family comes first. Because if we don't, what are we going to tell our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren? What's going to be said 50 to 100 200 years. What's going to happen? Huh? What's going to happen? How do we explain this centuries from now? Why we could have done something and we did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Is that what we want to be known? Do we want to be remembered as those that could have done something, but we sat around on our fat asses because we're too afraid of CPS that has no more power than a pencil pusher. And for all the CPS agents 
and directors, including Terry Stigden. You're nothing but a bunch of fucking cowards. You're so afraid to just go up to a house on your own. You have to go to the local police department and get the police to come with you because you're afraid. Because you're afraid to face someone. They have a clipboard there. What are you afraid of, huh? Well, I think we know. People are afraid they're gonna you're gonna take their children. CPS always says we're not in the business to taking children. That is a lie. I'll leave you with this. If not now, when? If not you, who? What do we do? We need to do more to protect our children. More than just talk. Much more. It's David Shore for Corruption of Child Protective Services. <laughs>